Welcome to episode 177 of The Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how, how are you doing tonight? I, whatever. I'm alright. Now that I'm done choking on my own existence. Uh. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a fitting description of what we just talked about. Like, we, we try to start the episode and all of a sudden, you, like, I'm worried I have to call an ambulance for you because you're, like, choking on gum or spit or I don't know what. You friggin... It was spit as a result of gum. <clears throat> yeah. But we're good now. We are golden. We're golden. We're at least acceptable, right? Like, <laughs> We are at least the single greatest gaming podcasts that we host. <laughs> I was trying to think of how like generic I could be, and I don't, I don't even think I can reasonably say in Duluth, because who knows? Yeah, probably not. Like <laughs> recording at this time in Duluth in this specific place. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but all right. So how's it been going? Not too bad. I have. I have. I don't know if I've talked to you about this yet. I've been on a massive, massive sabaton sabaton kick lately. You've sent me some of their stuff, so I figured you've been on some sort of kick. So. Uh, I went on, I don't remember what, I was recommended a video that was uh, the lead singer of Sabaton singing a song that was written by Apocalyptica. Okay, yeah. Because, and I was like, well, I'm obviously going to watch this because A, I love the lead singer of Sabaton, and B, cellos are metal as hell. And I watched that and like started like this giant downward spiral of just listening to metal and power metal for like an entire night. That's all I did. Like normally I watch like somewhat more like enter more entertainment style like yeah. talking videos on YouTube. Now nah, this was just nothing but music. And almost all of it somehow tied into Sabaton. Yep. And then that link that gave me a recommended link for a YouTube channel called Sabaton History. And it's... So normally I listen to podcasts when I drive, like to and from work and like around town yeah. and stuff. I have only listened to videos from Sabaton History for this entire week. <laughs> like, that's all I've listened to. And oh yeah, I think I told you about that because they're like a little too long. So what Sabaton history is, is they have an actual historian. I believe he's mm -hmm. from Texas, living in Sweden. All right. His name, his name is Indy Nidell, and okay. he has his own YouTube channel called The Great War, where okay. he just talks about World War One. And There's somehow, a lot to talk about there, actually. <laughs> there is a lot to talk about there. And he like became friends with Sabaton somehow. I don't really know the story behind it. And so now they have the channel together where basically anything Sabaton has written a song about, he will give you the actual historic background behind that thing for like the first two thirds of the video. And then like the last third of the video is either um, the lead singer or one of the, it's, it's like the lead singer and one of their guitar players are like the two primary songwriters. Yeah. And then they give you like some background behind the actual writing of the song. Yeah. And as a result of that, like, I've, I've grown to acquire a new appreciation for basically all of Sabaton's music. 
mm-hmm. from like listening to this. Even songs that I already really, really enjoyed, I now enjoy even more. And mm-hmm. even some songs that previously I didn't really like, now I do like because I know like the history behind them. Mm-hmm. And they're just there's some crazy, crazy shit. That's like kind of awesome that they talk about, and some sh- like just a lot of stuff that you don't actually learn about in Here. school. Yeah, like uh, my mom always said, or something like that. Like, but basically, the thing I was, she always said is like, yeah, if you if you really want to read crazy stuff, look at reality. <laughs> like, like yeah. any of the any of the fiction books that you can read and stuff like that. Nothing compared to stuff that has actually happened. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like the there's there's there was one of the one of the things that uh, Indy was talking about is he's like I have no idea why no one has ever made a major motion picture about this. It is about the actual factual last battle of World War Two. Mm-hmm. That was um, Americans, uh, Belgian or not Belgian, Hungarian. Um, what are the people called when they're revolting against people who are oppressing them? Whatever they're called. Okay. Uh, like, hu- American, Hungarian, I think there was a few other ones. An actual, factual British, or not British, German soldiers from the German mm-hmm. army yeah. fighting against the Waffen-SS. Yep. Like, huh. that was the actual last battle of World War II. Huh. And, oh, and it was, um, it was French uh, prisoners of war. There's a lot of people because yeah yeah like it, it was french prisoners of war and it was all because of two members of the german army decided that they just grew disillusioned and wanted to stop the rest of the german army so they ended up like basically getting the americans to help them protect prisoners of war so they wouldn't be murdered by the waffen ss yep and like it was all these people holding off the waffen from a literal castle <laughs> and like they like like one of the one of the Germans there's two main ones one of them actually ended up dying defending mm-hmm. a French prisoner of war and all that kind of shit it's like yeah, how is that not why, a movie <laughs> why is that not a movie that is so awesome <laughs> that's like battles of the week level stuff yeah it's it's like and like I've always had like a somewhat gray view on like history in general, and it's just kind of like a lot of the stuff I'm learning. It just makes me even have more of a gray view on things. Like, yeah, and like that's another thing that I talk about. Like, you know, there's a lot of controversy about a lot of the songs they write, and they they approach it from a purely neutral standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, because they have to, because they write about some really really heavy subjects, and it, you don't want to take oh, yeah. sides, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like it's just making me even more and more have like such a gray worldview. Like there is no true black and white in a lot of things. And it's, yeah, it's been an interesting week and a half, basically. Yeah, is what it amounts to. So <laughs> highly, pretty, pretty dope. Hi, yeah, highly, highly recommend a Sabaton history, and I just recommend Sabaton because Sabaton's really awesome. Sounds really, actually, really, really cool. I don't like, do. You, do you like those random history sort of things and stuff like that, or like people from history? I tend to. I tend to enjoy it. Like history was one of my one of the classes in school that I actually enjoyed going to, even though I never did the homework because I enjoy <laughs> learning history. Yeah. Like yeah. this, and this is not really like history based. But um, uh, have I ever like 
expose expose the virtues of um the uh Mike Rose podcast, do you? I don't think so. Oh, really? So have you say, have you ever I heard f- of what? I'm I'm I feel like I I recognize the name, but I don't know what it is from. Mike so Mike Rowe was the host of Dirty Jobs. Oh yeah, that guy. The yep, that guy. The, he's the literal opera singer. Yeah. <laughs> uh actually so uh he that's how he got his yeah, kind of got his break. Uh but um uh he he actually sings barbershop quartet is his like big hobby. Um <laughs> but yeah. That, so uh, do you, have you ever heard of the um, the, like the old radio show Paul Harvey's um, the rest of the story? Yes, I have. Okay, so uh, Mike Rowe is a big fan of that, and so he started a podcast called The Way I Heard It, and basically it's like he tells he tells a story about something some historical event or person or whatever, but in a way where it doesn't reveal who it is until the very end, except by using you know clues and everything and stuff like that, kind of throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's told it's told without you know full knowledge of what's going on. So at the end of it, it's like you know, and that and they reveal who it was, and it's like, oh, okay. And he kind of alludes to it and everything. But it is super, super, super dope. And I think like if you like history stuff at all, I would give that a try because he does. Um, uh, you know, it's very, very much in the vein of Paul Harvey. Um, and. Just when he just when he talks about the stuff, he kind of takes that sort of, um, he'll take that view of history and kind of reframe it and everything. So it makes and, you think about it from a different angle in some sometimes, which is incredibly fascinating, you know, in a lot of ways. Uh, but I really like his stuff. Like if you if you're looking for anything like a a podcast to listen to, that's really good. And they're only they're what ten minutes long, I think, is what it is. Um, that de- that definitely sounds like like right up my alley i'm yeah. i'm always looking for videos or anything yeah. like to listen to that's like less than 10 minutes long because mm-hmm. you know i'm like 10 minutes away from everything when i'm yeah. leaving my house so yeah. yeah it's like they're about 10 minutes long and like they're one of the, like uh my wife actually got me into it uh listening to those um and uh he actually put out a book uh and we listened to the audio book of him reading it and stuff like that where he would tell one of the stories and then tell a portion about his life that dude is got some great stories but um <laughs> uh just about the crazy stuff apparently for a number for like a year or so he lived in a haunted mansion um <laughs> like just because he felt like it or <laughs> the story how he got there is kind of weird in in general with the whole thing but like it, it, like he talks about like growing like through the book about growing up and basically like, the end of it is him starting dirty jobs um, cause that was kind of a big turnaround point in his life to some degree. Yep. Cause he was like a opera singer that got into television and doing narration and everything and, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, the stories he tells are super, super good. And like, I, I can't even like give an example of any of them because they're all built as kind of like, not like he calls them mysteries, but they're like, it's not like a mystery mystery. Like you're trying to figure it out as you're listening to it. But like, I don't want to, you don't want to reveal yeah, you don't want to spoil it. I don't Absolutely. want to spoil any of them. He has yeah. most of them are like that. He has a couple that are um like not like that that are just straight up he one of his one of his biggest ones is or one of the ones that comes out is um uh, he has one uh called You Don't Know Mike and it's a it's a story that probably a lot of people have heard about uh about 9/11 and everything and that one's really good. And that one he doesn't mask basically anything about the whole thing. 
Mm. And then I think there's one called something to stand for, which is about the American revolution, but, and just kind of, uh, kind of framing some of those things and everything, but I don't know. They're really good. You should give them a shot, but I mean, it, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. So I probably will. Okay. But so there's my, so, so my thing. Yeah. What's up? Speaking of Paul Harvey. Yeah. I have never, as far as I can recollect, ever watched anything involving him. I've never watched a show of his and never listened to a show of his. I have in my head the exact tone of voice and exactly what he sounds like when he says, I am Paul Harvey, and that was the, the rest, of the, rest story. of the story. Yep. It's like, that is ingrained in my psyche, and I don't know from what. Yeah, from, probably from hearing Paul Harvey at some point. But like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. like, like, when you said Paul Harvey, I'm like, that guy. You're like, the rest of the story. I'm like, I'm hearing you say that in his voice. Right? You, you can hear the exact thing, right? Like, yeah. He, that was just, he was just one of those guys that, like, it's, like, you can hear, like, hear him speak still, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, like, that, that voice and that cadence, everything about it is just so distinct, you know? And so, um... Yeah, so unique. You don't know. Yeah, he was one of those people that you just, you know, recognize that voice and everything. Like even I, I feel like even if you heard it once, you just knew it. Like there's just certain people like that. But yeah, so, I don't know. But <laughs> that was kind I, of off the rails for anything we're gonna talk. I mean, about it kind here. of is, but like yeah. the, you're just like reminding me. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things that I enjoyed the most when we worked at McDonald's. Yeah. Was when it was always old people, always. Not like not like middle aged, like mid forties. I'm talking about like seventy year olds, like <laughs> couples who they'd come through drive through and they'd always be like, you know, you ha- you talk really well. You have like a perfect voice for radio. <laughs> and it was one of those things that for some reason always made me feel really, really good about myself. <laughs> you know, because like it would always remind me of the insult. You have a perfect face for face radio. For radio yeah. <laughs> but they always told me I had a perfect voice for radio. And it always made me feel so good because my job was literally talking when I was in backdrive. And like, I've always wanted to actually be um, like, as a result of them saying it, I eventually wanted to like, I was always thinking like, what if I ever did like voice work on something? And now what having like, have you ever had like a show where you just talked for like, a while and everything, you know. <laughs> well, that, so that's the funny thing, because like, not like thinking back to all those compliments and actually like listening to me talking on a podcast. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Oh, really? <laughs> you have you have the far better voice than for for a podcast than I do. I think it's because the whole people just don't like the sound of their own voice. Oh no, I, I have no problem with the sound of my own voice. You should well, know that yeah, because you're a narcissist, but <laughs> but like <laughs> just even like voice quality and voice tone and the way you work through things. Like, I, if you've noticed with me, I'm very posy, you know, and and kind of do things like that. I'm much better in person, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I feel like I'm a very emote, like I I emote better than that. Um, but yeah, no, you you definitely I think have the better um uh, radio presence if. if for what this what that's worth (laughs) it's funny that you refer to yourself as being very posy because you do do the whole thing where it's like um and all that stuff i notice it with my i notice it with myself so much more than i notice it with you (laughs) 
Because well, you can kind of get into a normal rhythm with a conversation, and even with that, you don't notice it as much and stuff like that. But I just, I've just noticed it because when I'm editing, it's like you'll see chunks of audio <laughs> and like big spaces in between. But yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, too bad I have no desire to actually do put in all the work to become a radio host. But yeah, yeah I know. But maybe, maybe someday we can comment. A magic thing, but one can only dream. One can only hope, but for now. So, like to kind of bring this bit to a topic that like actually matters and stuff like that. I'm I'm just gonna ask you a question just because I'm curious about how if you've ever handled this. So you you're a guy that likes history. You listen to the history stuff. Mm-hmm. How many games have you written inspired by history? Zero. Or written or ran, I should say. Like you know, I still think the answer is zero. Like I'm not even doing the whole like yeah, I don't, I know. like not even like the joke of I don't write stories. Yeah, I know. I don't, I, I, I know you're serious right now. I don't actually think I I'm I tend we're, to, we're inspired by. How about that? We'll even work with that. Like you know. I tend to I tend to run games that are inspired by some media that I mm-hmm. have read or watched recently. Yeah. Usually that is. It's not historic-based media. It's just like you know, it's it's like yeah. a, a random book I read or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't think I've ever actually ran it, like like 40k is a perfect example. All of my 40k games are based off of a 40k-based bit of lore that no one else will know about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> which makes it so much easier to run because you're just like, hey, everything's here. You get to like run, you know, the friggin' like big huge reveals and stuff like that from the universe that we just have no idea like you basically just got to rent, run the like reach of you know 40k for us that one game but yep so yeah I, like... I don't uh i don't think hmm. i've ever ran a game that was inspired by stuff like that that kind like, of surprises me in some ways but like, like it's, it is because a lot of like i said a lot of the media that i a lot of the stuff I enjoy to watch is history-based, but a lot of my actual leisure media tends to be uh, fiction or sci-fi or something along those mm-hmm. lines, so or high fantasy. And, you know, I think those, as a result, those kind of influence me more. Fair and enough. it's... I think when it comes to... I really, really enjoy running slice-of-life games. Like, Fair I, enough. I, enjoy, I really, really enjoy playing slice like, of life games. <laughs> I enjoy putting people in those kinds of situations that are like normal everyday life and just seeing how they would react to, you know, the trials and tribulations of everyday life. Yeah. Something about running a game that is that is um it heavily influenced by like a thing of history. Like say if I was like run a game based off World War Two or World War One, mm-hmm. everything involving that is so ungodly depressing. And it would be impossible to actually run a game with, with you know, it would be impossible to run a game like yeah. that that is anywhere remotely close to uh, based in reality. Because hmm. if you were just normal everyday peons living and fighting in the trenches, yeah, the odds of you actually doing anything of note is almost zero, and the odds of you dying within a week are way higher than they have in your life to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the thing is, is though you can run a thing in that game, like you, like in a setting like that. You know, I mean, like, like don't get me wrong. There are some, there are some batshit things that went on. Like 
the once once again to go back to Sabaton, the song Saboteurs is literally about um I don't remember if they're Polish. It was it was literally about these uh uh people who stopped the Nazis from actually creating an atomic bomb. Like they Oof. were they were freakishly close to doing it. Oh, and yeah. they're and like they they people they were sent on a mission and everyone's like, all right. Um, the we have two goals here: a destroy their entire stock of heavy water because you need yeah. heavy water to make atomic weapon, yeah. or destroy their pump station they used to make it. We need to do one of those two things. If if we do both, gravy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they were like this was considered a suicide mission. Yeah. They didn't think they'd be able to even do one, let alone both. <laughs> but they managed to get in. And they blew up the pump station, and then just like most of them got away. And then, like later on, um, I don't know if it was it was the same group of people, but not the actual same people. They ended up sinking a ferry that had like a giant stockpile of heavy water on it. Mm-hmm. When the and the amount of heavy water on that ferry would have been enough for the Germans to actually make a nuclear bomb. Huh. Like they were that close to doing it. Huh. And like you know, so like these these you know they were called the saboteurs. That's where they were. Like mm-hmm. they managed to stop it like that. Like you could absolutely run a game like that. Oh yeah, that'd right? be dope. Like, like that is a game. Yep. But just I just don't want to be that realistic, which is weird because I like running realistic games. I always put a twist on some stuff like that. Like yeah, I don't know. So like just just thinking about the like you could easily twist that into Shadowrun, right? Oh dude, yeah. Like, like the, yeah. I mean, you now that I think about it, you, like obviously it wasn't actually influenced by accident. No story to them, but like the whole you guys going into that one um, Aztec facility was to steal something in relation to them studying blood magic. I mean, that's kind of yeah. I that's, probably didn't know it at the time, but something like that. Yeah. So like the only things I can think of off the top of my head for for things that were influenced by history to start off with really quick here was um uh, like. Uh, the that space world I made, yep. That Team Three was ran in. That was very, very, very influenced by post nine eleven USA. The first one or the second one? The for the 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 world I created for it. Okay. It, it was actually very, very that, that intentionally created with that sort of mentality in mind. Okay. Um, because it because something kind of a big thing kind of happened and everything and stuff like that, but um. Otherwise, I don't think I've ran a lot of games. Like the closest I have is I want to run a timeline that timelines game, which would hit a lot of historical points, and then the Prohibition game. But I haven't ran either of those. Like none of the other ones really were like using historical things, which is kind of interesting. But um, but to go to your point too, with like some of those like historical things, like I think the like the timeline game is kind of a piece that like I think shows this. But like you know, if it's like oh, this is too real, I don't want to run that. I mean, it could be worthwhile running it. It's like, well, what if it was this, but with the vampires? Like, I know <laughs> yeah. that sounds super corny. Like, it sounds super dumb and kind of corny and stuff like that, but, like, that that is kind of a way to run some of those games to some degree. 
Yeah, like just having that little that little bit of a twist, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like you you do see that in a lot of movies that come out. Oh, yeah, it's like totally. it's like oh, this is this is a it's a technically a war ish movie based in you know mm-hmm. World World War II era Germany, and they're like doing these horrible experiments, and they created vampires. Yeah, <laughs> it's like or oh, they created zombies, mm-hmm. and now you have to stop them from having you know a unkillable zombie army. Yeah, you know, like you take the bit you you take the bit of reality and you just add yep. a crazy off the wall twist that didn't actually happen, contrary <laughs> to a lot of crazy conspiracy theorists. See, conspiracy theories are an awesome way to find game ideas too, though, or like um, <laughs> uh, unknown things in history, like things that haven't been solved. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll, I'll spoil a little bit, but like one of the ti- one of the the timelines game that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first part is set uh, is set in uh, the Crusades. Uh, the second part is set in um, like New World America, and is about Roanoke. Oh, when they all just yep up and up and disappeared or whatever. But I'm pretty sure that's like kind of been actually explained. But it it, it, it kind it has been, but yeah. like. Yeah, but it's like it's still a like when you say Roanoke, everyone thinks of oh yeah, that entire colony that disappeared. Yeah, so no like one... obviously all my stuff it's Roanoke with vampires. But <laughs> um, I wonder what happened to everyone. Actually, not a hundred percent what you think, but I I know um... I'm just, it's like it's a really really easy joke to make. Like oh yeah, yeah they know, all right? became hmm. smoothies. Yeah, right. They just stuck straws in their veins, and they're like, all right. But like stuff like that, you know, like like that kind of twist. Like that's basically like how I've been planning out this timeline game. Like it's like like looking at certain events in history. It's like this event was really weird. Maybe it was. Maybe it had vampires. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe that's cheating and stuff like that. But like eh. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds super corny, but you know, sometimes corny things are fun. And of course, I've uncovered a shitload of like conspiracy theories related around a bunch of historical events. So this is deep man <laughs> in a shocking turn of events people have always been crazy yeah right i pretty much have yeah i pretty much have a conspiracy theory related to like every uh, yeah there's so many conspiracy theories i don't even know what to say it's insane but if yeah. something exists there's a conspiracy theory for it that yeah. is doesn't matter what happened, you know, mm-hmm. it could be completely legitimately explained. It's like, oh yeah, like this thing happened. And yeah. suddenly it's like, all right, so hear me out. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it was aliens, but, but it was aliens. But it was aliens. <laughs> so actually, kind of to like skirt the edge of this and stuff, have you watched on Netflix The Umbrella Academy? I have not. I've heard it's decent. Uh it's pretty dope, actually. I like it. All right. So if I ever want to run a superhero game, that's how I want to run a superhero game. So what is it? You uh, you have to actually explain. I know it's supernatural, but that's all I know. So I'll just go with season one, but because I don't want to spoil everything that happens in it. But so basically, I can't remember the exact date, like October something, something like 1980 something. There's a specific date in history. A bunch of a bunch of kids are just born around the world all of a sudden. Like, I'm trying to remember the exact situation, but I believe the way it worked was, like, at the beginning of the day, 
their mother was not pregnant. And at the end of the day, they had a kid. <laughs> and so this eccentric, wealthy billionaire goes and basically adopts slash buys seven of them. Seven of the kids. I'm trying to mm-hmm. remember who it is. I think is what it is. Uh, or six. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm trying to remember like the name, like like all of them right now. I think it was six. Um, maybe it's seven. But so just to let you know how cuddly this dude is. So he buys them all and forms this or this organization called the Umbrella Academy is what it is. And they're superheroes. Um, he doesn't even give them names. He just literally calls them by numbers. Uh, so like, like one of a, one of the one of the siblings still goes by number five. <laughs> All right. Like, so there. So you can tell this is a really good living situation for them. Um, the TV show opens up where it's 2019, and their dad just died, and all the kids come back together to basically have a funeral for him. All all of the living kids come back together <laughs> to have a kid. One of them died. Alright. Um, well, one of them died, and one of them had the ability to, like, teleport and just disappeared at one point. Okay. Um, so, so, like, it's pretty... It, it's There's a lot of insanity, and it's pretty corny, but it is, like... The thing is, is they're all super dysfunctional. Like, so understandable. So, like one of the like the the number one, uh, he he was like the the leader of them all and everything stuff like that. He has super strength. Uh, his dad sent him to the moon, <laughs> and he's been living there for a long time. It's it's weird that doesn't come up too much later, but like, uh, he's like a huge dude who has super strength. Um. One of the guys is has the ability to like manipulate objects and air kind of so he's like he like throws knives and stuff mm-hmm. and can like curve knives and do crazy things like that. Um, so there's the kid that can teleport. Um, the The kid that died had the ability to manifest giant tentacle monsters that would just murder people. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh. One of them, I'm trying to remember. Uh, one of the girls has the ability to, uh, her, her, like they call it rumoring people. She can just basically be like, "I heard a rumor. You did this," and the person is compelled to do it. So, so she'll be like, "I heard the rumor that you blew your brains out," and, a dude, and the dude will just like grab their gun and shoot themselves in the head, like. Which kind of, there's yeah, but um, and then the last, the last, or oh no, there's two more. Uh, one of them can see, uh, can communicate and manipulate the dead. Um, he ends up being a huge drug addict and a raging alcoholic with a lot of emotional and mental issues. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> uh, yeah, considering the remember the brother that got killed. Yeah, he follows him around. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> And they're like kind of friends throughout a lot can, of it, but they argue. Um, can he still manifest tentacle monsters in the undead realm? I don't think he was able to do that. I can't remember. Right. Maybe he did once. That'd be funny. I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, like it's yeah. And then um, uh, the last the last sibling uh doesn't have any powers as far as they know, and okay. was just and, and was kind of exercise or or like 
ignored from the family and and part of the story is this like she wrote a book kind of exposing all the the family secrets and stuff like that um because she was kind of ignored and just disliked and blah 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 and stuff so um so they don't like her and then they all come back and deal with this stuff but like basically every single one of them has just gigantic like emotional issues and everything and it's just watching like all these people with superpowers like try to live like normal human beings for the most part like they actually have to like do world saving stuff and all that but like just watching them try to like be human beings is just insane and that's how i want to play a superhero game to bring this all back around so this is going to be not related to gaming but i okay. have a question okay why is the leader of every superhero group the one that's super strong i have no idea why is that a thing why is that the trope it's like i'm the leader i am superman Mm-hmm. It's like I can lift everything. It's like yep. he, he can lift things and throw why things. Is, why is strength the big thing always? Because that's what we value. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, also yeah. unrelated. Worth worth we're... worth watching though. I'm just gonna say that. Since we're on the topic of uh, Netflix series, okay, that would make good gaming things, but okay. Anime. <laughs> uh... This has nothing to do with gaming, but it's ridiculously uh, okay. over the top. I just got done watching. A show with my girlfriend called Food Wars. Okay. It is the most anime shit ever, but instead of actually fighting people, they have cook off. And <laughs> I'm not someone who likes fancy food. Uh huh. Every single time they cook something, I'm like, I want to try that. Someone needs to make a restaurant that literally makes everything that they're making so I can see what it actually it tastes, tastes like. like. And it's like, and we're talking like the most anime shit shit ever. I'm serious. When someone tastes food they really like, their clothes explode off of them <laughs> in their mind. Uh, when you, when you cut back to them in reality, they're fully clothed again. It is like but, actual anime, like. But their clothes expo- explode off them. One, <laughs> the main character, when he wants to uh, torture people or get back at them, he feeds them random sauce-covered dried squid. Like, he's done peanut butter, and he's done yogurt, and it always cuts to a scene of the person who ate it being grabbed by a, whatever the juice was, covered squid tentacles while they're naked. (laughs) It is some crazy anime shit, but it's actually kind of hilarious, and I really enjoy it. You're allowed to enjoy whatever you like. The amount of detail they put into what the food looks like is insane. Well, I mean, if that's what your show's about, you have to, right? Like, yeah, like they like they seriously put more detail into making the food look good than making literally anything else in it look good. <laughs> like everything else is just like <laughs> like sticking your crayon drawings, but then like <laughs> like I saw someone make a beef stew and I was actively hungry. Oh god! It was the most insane thing ever. <laughs> Completely unrelated, <laughs> okay. but highly recommend watching uh, if you want to watch something over the top yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Gaming. <laughs> gaming. So, we actually kind of had a cohesive thing with history and gaming for a while there. We did. And then like, for like started... a solid like five minutes, but in my defense, you started talking so, about the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> I'll say the reason the reason I think like that is because Season two of of that show takes place in 1963. In it, like around a major historical event. Okay. Okay. It takes place around the assassination of John F. Kennedy. 
All right. Yep. So like that's what it's all about, basically. And like so like that's why I was thinking about it because it's actually like this like you know, season one was during the present time mostly. And then like season two is about this whole chunk of things and stuff. So it's like that's that's where it got in my mind because we just watched season two and everything, but um that doesn't really spoil much, so if anything, but because you know, you know, yeah, but I mean, um, it kind of leads to some speculation based on things you told me. So, well, here's the deal: stuff's going to happen with the show, but um, yeah, yeah. So, but the show's dope. You should watch it. Um, but like, like that kind of thing, like the the historical nature of things and changing, trying to change history and things like that. But so I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's such a a good place to like get inspiration for games because, as I said, like. You know, games kind of deal with crazy things, but what's crazier than actual history, right? Very, very little. <laughs> There's not much, like... <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, like, it's funny, because, like, I think of, like, you know, even, like, historical works or something, like, about the only other thing I could think of would be the Iron Claw game was, you know, influenced by Macbeth, which was, like, fiction, you know, from... An older era, but I mean the the very premise behind Iron Claws based off ye old Europe, isn't it? Uh it's it's sort of like the Renaissance is where it's based off of sort of like yeah. kind of thing. Like where you have this sort of change in society where you have like you know, like the bis the Bisclaw Red are supposed to be like the you know, they're the technological society that's sort of changing and adapting and stuff. And then you have the uh, uh, Yvodepois, which are kind of the old society in a lot of ways. Actually, the Dolaru are more the old society just because, you know, they're like hippies and stuff. But, but like, you know, just this whole new world sort of change, world changing renaissance sort of thing almost, but kind of a, kind of a different things, but it's interesting. I don't know. I like that setting in, in a weird way, but yeah. I mean, I I actually do like the Iron Claw setting. Once <laughs> once you get over the whole, you're basically playing a furry thing. See, that's never a... been a problem for me. I'm like totally okay with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the only time it bothered me was when people started making comments about like their fur being matted. I feel like that was just taking it a little too far. But why? I don't know. It's just weird. How is that weird? I don't I don't get that like the weirdness. It's like, okay, I'll play a friggin' orc or something, and it's like, alright, that's totally good. I'll have tusks and stuff like that, but it's like I play an anthropomorphic animal and that's suddenly like super friggin' weird. No, like, it's it's only weird when you specifically make a point about it. Sure, I guess. I don't know. It has to do with like I never actively think about my own body hair. Okay. And I don't know why someone would specifically point it out if they had more of it. I feel like that would make sense to, like, point it out if you had more of it. Like, in certain situations, depending on what it is, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's also that much more relevant because you are cover completely covered in fur. I mean, I guess, but, like, there's some really hairy dudes out there and you don't hear them talking about their hairy legs. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But, like, that's also not something that is particularly like identifying in some ways yeah like you know like compare like fur color to skin color like that matters 
fur fur color to what color? Skin color. Yeah. Like you know, that's something that's important. Fair. Yeah. So I've just always kind of assumed that the difference races of Iron Claw, whether they were a gray wolf or a brown wolf, they were still like like there was no issue between those colors yeah i know i'm just talking about as an identifying feature is what i'm saying it's like i mean at that point like fur color is like hair color to some degree which people use it as an identification thing and stuff like that whereas in the game like species is more equated to how we typically would deal with race in the world you know that's another thing that i've never understood is that i like blondes like why why hair? Why does hair color matter to people? Why do things matter to people? So, like, I I have people like ask me like, oh, like uh, it's like you know that person like, oh, well, what you know, describe them like I literally can't. I have no idea how to describe somebody. And yeah. they're like, well, what's their hair color? I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> literally, just had that discussion with like I'm so bad at identifying people and things like that. Which is yeah. funny considering I GM and have to describe people all the time, but. See, that's different because you're like constructing them in your own mind from the ground right, yeah. up, as it's opposed to trying to remember what they are in your actual memory. Yep. But I don't know. <laughs> Humans are weird. Yeah, we're all weird. But I don't know. all right. So, like, to kind of to keep this on like a weird sort of on-topic thing, you can run a game in any historical time period or any historical event. What do you? What would you want to do? Uh, if there's quali- something that comes to your mind, what qualifies as historical? I know that's a really, really dumb question. Ex- exists in time. I'm trying to like actually think of it, like I can't think of anything that isn't war related. <laughs> yeah, like so. I'll I'll share like mine right now is you know I said I have a game in preparation. I still want to run it. I I want to run a prohibition game mm-hmm. still, and I think that would be fun. Like. A kind of, I'd probably run it somewhat Shadowrun esque. I'll say, like, I think that would be kind of how the tone I would kind of set it. The funny thing is, is like this is another thing based off of some existing media I've consumed, but <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I just think like that's that feels like low hanging fruit in a lot of ways, but I just feel like you could run a really like. That's just got to be a really solid setting for a game and everything. A lot of intrigue, a lot of yeah, you know, you can fit combat in there. It's kind of a a turning point for some things. Plus, also, you know, if I really wanted, to, I can play some really dope ass music. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for like for me at least in this regard, mm-hmm. like I've never felt a limitation on what I can or cannot run. Yeah, if I've wanted to, like, so like. The whole question of if you could run something and anything, what would you run? I've never... I'm not saying there's a limit. I'm just saying, like, pick one that you want to run. (laughs) That's that's one of the things, like, I don't know. Well, come on, man. Just pick something. Even if you got war-related, war-related things are cool. If you want to run something like... You know, like, there's some, like, random events that I think are, like, interesting that I'd like to have games touch on, but, like, I don't want to... I'm kind of, like, kicking those around for, you know certain things like honestly even like saying like i want to run a western is like (laughs) technically answers my question i kind of want to run something involving poland 
involving Poland in history. In history. Poland is like the world's secret badasses that no one knows about. (laughs) They kind of are. That's like... What was the... I'm pretty sure I saw a webcomic about it or something like that. And it was like... Aliens came down and attacked Earth and they started with Poland. And like when asked why, they're like, well, we just kind of saw what you guys do and we just figured we'd follow the trend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like e- everyone always hates on Poland. They, they. There's, there's some poor Poland memes, but. Like propaganda to show the terribleness of Germany in World War II was mm-hmm. made to show that Germany just steamrolled over Poland, right? Yeah. Like, to make Germany look worse, they made Poland... They made Poland by proxy... To make, to make Germany look more evil, they made Poland look weaker than it actually was. Yeah. When they actually did a lot of crazy shit and actually held off the German army for a long time. And it's just yeah, like super they're, they're pretty hardcore. Like... <laughs> Not to mention the sheer insanity. Like, the further back you go... Have you ever heard of the Winged Hussars? Uh, like, vaguely. I don't know anything yeah. about it, aside from... I'm pretty sure I've heard that name. In a shocking surprise, Sabaton wrote a song about them. Maybe, maybe that's where I've heard about them. So, um... Have you ever actually watched Lord of the Rings movies? I know you're a hater for no reason. Uh, I can't remember, because they were really not that interesting. I think I watched all of them. Okay. Do you vaguely remember in the second movie when there's a giant cavalry charge running down a hill that just completely wipes out an orc army that was besieging a giant fortress? Yeah, that's really not specific between the second and third movies because basically they were just giant battles that had no point, right? Pretty much. Okay, so no, I don't. (laughs) Those cavalry charge, I shit you not, are real-life reenactments of the Winged Hussars. (laughs) They did that. They just, (laughs) like, they they showed up at this besieged city that was literally just get like, sappers had just started collapsing the walls of the city after the Mm -hmm. city held them off for, like, God knows how long, like, an actual really long time. (laughs) And then the... The Polish winged hussars just showed up and just like cavalry charged and stopped the siege. Just <laughs> done. Uh, they're just like hell yeah. Yeah, they're just like don't mind us. We're just the best cavalry that's ever existed. <laughs> yeah, Poland gets a Poland gets a bad rap for yeah being be the punching bag because basically every time a world war starts, they have to march through Poland to get to. <laughs> Yeah, to get to any of the quotations important people, yeah, they have to go through Poland, and Poland's like, alright. Alright, guys. Come at us, I guess. Again. (laughs) As you do. No big deal. It's like, what is it? Yeah, Poland is surrounded by Czech Czech Republic, Slovakia, Ukraine, Belarus, Lithuania, Germany's just right freaking there. Yeah. So. Oh, like, wow. oh, you, you want to get to Russia? You gotta go through us first. Yeah, I mean, like all those okay. Russian block country kind of things. So. Yeah, but. <laughs> uh, this has yeah. been a weird episode. <laughs> it's been a strange episode. Uh. Poland's awesome. Poland gets more respect. Than Poland's than okay. We'll run. We'll have to you'll run your Polish games sometimes. I mean, I'm not. I'm completely oh, I know, I'm serious. Joking. Yeah. I could just like I could take 
almost anything involving Poland from any war ever. And just be and like, just be right. like, you are Polish people doing this exact thing, and no matter how over the top you think I'm running it, it wasn't as crazy as it actually was. <laughs> oh man, history's batshit. History is terrifying. Yeah. The fact that we are still a society is kind of mind-boggling. The fact that we're still alive as a race. Only been a few events that have come really close to ending us. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What was the thing I read about? Oh yeah, the the 30-year war based Mm -hmm. off population percentage actually killed more people than any other war in history, including the First or Second World War. You know? Oh, like, like percentages, percentages yeah. of people By percentage killed. of people alive, more oh. people died in the 30-year war than, the, okay. than died in World War II. Okay. As in, the World War that literally wiped out an entire generation of Europeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But. Like, how do we still exist through all of that? You know, we're like cockroaches. It's really hard to get rid of us. Apparently. <laughs> we'll just keep killing the shit out of each other, I guess, for who knows how long. I don't know. Makes good games, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. What's, what's more on the topic of gaming? Yep. Uh, video gaming, specifically. Okay. I was recently, once again, as a result of watching all this Sabaton stuff, Yep. I was once again really, really disappointed that there is no game that not necessarily accurately, but more accurately represents the fighting that happened in one of the World Wars. Because I remember that was a big thing in um, the, the, the modern warfare game that came out that was for mm-hmm. the, a World War recently. It came out like one or two years ago. Okay. And everyone's like, oh man, they actually like like imagine a modern warfare game with all of its polish, but actually l- truly accurate to historic times, right? You're not running around with a Thompson submachine gun, you're running around with an M1 Grand and stuff along those lines. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I just really wanted to play a realistic game along those lines, because that's where my mind is at lately for yeah. all the stuff I'm listening to. And then it came out and they're like Everyone gets a machine gun. It's like, well, yes, they existed. They were nowhere near that common. No. And it's like, so like, instead of being a world, or instead of being a Call of Duty game based in World War II, it was like a Call of Duty game with a skin of World War II over it. Yeah. And it's like, and I get it. There's nothing flashy about shooting an M1 Grand at someone. Oh, dude, man. Day Day of Defeat, that was was my jam. I loved the Grand, man. That thing was dope as hell. And that's exactly the thing. It's like, I feel like there is there is a room there for a more realistic game like that. Yeah. And it, I wish It's funny because, it. like, our styles both match up exactly with using that type of weapon. Right? <laughs> because it's basically, it's basically a DMR. It is. Before, like, DMRs were, like, totally a thing. Like, it also, yeah. like, randomly have a, has a range of almost a mile. And has one of the craziest scopes ever. You ever seen a scope for an M1 Grand? I'm trying to think if I have. 
It's not on the top. It's on the left side. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen one. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because you can't have it in the top because that's where it's the, loaded and yeah, where the thing the ejects ejection. from. So you have, it's a completely different style of shooting through a scope, but you can do it, and they were freakishly accurate because the round was gigantic. I mean, it was like, a lot six, so it's, yeah, yeah like, you're, you're gigantic. <laughs> the wind just didn't affect it as much as, you know, it would a lighter round, so you could actually could not necessarily snipe, but you could have some pretty far-off mm-hmm. accuracy with the thing, so. Yeah. I mean, it ain't no Springfield, but, you know. It's, yeah. It's yeah, you, do, you work <laughs> with what you can. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, I don't know. I Yeah, it, I feel like the uh, Yeah, in the right game like that's the kind of thing that I like would like to use and everything stuff like that. It's not the 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 sexiest thing though if that makes sense, you know. No, like and that's entirely the thing. There's nothing There's not going to be mass appeal for that style of game. Yeah. Because there's only there's only so much gritty realism people can actually accept in their fantasy games that they use as mm-hmm. an escape from the gritty realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. also, also it's like, yeah, I don't know if they have Arma World War Two or not, but that'd probably be the way it'd have to go. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, that is it. I don't. I've never. Yeah. I've, I was actually thinking about exactly that when I was talking about it. It's yeah. like. You know, Arvo was pretty crazy with that stuff, but it was basically unplayable. No I'm kidding. <laughs> it was. It was just like it had a very difficult learning curve for when I was messing with it. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. You, the nice thing about Arma is you can kind of choose how much stuff you want to actually affect you. Like you can turn off wind, and you can turn off. Yeah. You know, you can lessen blood drop and all that kind of stuff. So, see, that's not the problem though. It, it's just... the problem. It's the problem of like one shot you die yeah it's it's like and it's like you know think about like when we were playing airsoft how like when you got full camo on like you could lay in brush and people would uh, be able to see you sometimes right? you can just be kneeling on the edge of a field and someone will walk out and totally not notice you yeah right like yeah camo actually works <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> you know and like the camo in that game actually kind of works so, like, all of a sudden, you'd be like, all right, walk and walk, and boom, you're dead. You fall over. And it just yeah. was like, well, this sucks. Like, and that was, like, what happened constantly is what it felt like. It, it was like playing the that one ghillie suit mission in Modern Warfare, where you just got one shot by the snipers. On oh, yeah, it like, yeah. And it's like, you have, like, a brief second of a flash of a scope, and then you just die. Yeah. It's like, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It was something. I don't know. Ugh. Maybe that's why I've been enjoying Shadow of Mordor. Is because like it's 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 fantasy. It's over the top. I've literally fought off an army of like twenty five guys at one point. Mm-hmm. But at no point do I feel like yeah, I am going to just crush everyone. Like it's so easy for things to go poorly. And once they start going poorly, they tend to cascade into going even more poorly. Mm-hmm. So like that's just kind of like where I'm getting like my weird, gritty but not gritty gaming fix from right now. <laughs> it's like when yeah. you're doing everything perfect, you feel like an invincible god, and then one person raises the alarm, and suddenly you have a saber tooth tiger chewing your leg off. Yeah, and you're like, "Yay, I'm not a god." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like. 
I haven't been playing much. I was just like, I just all like with you talking about this stuff. I got kind of a hankering to play like a shooter, kind of like you're talking about. Not like not like a gritty, realistic shooter, but like more Call of Duty esque, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I know we've been playing Halo right now and stuff like that, but like, yeah. Let's see. We're currently brick walled by you learning how to grenade jump on Halo. So. Yeah, I'm wondering if we should just like go past that level, or like just try to beat it straight up and then come back and try to shave time if we need to. I do wonder how much time it actually saves. A lot, dude. Because, like, what? You doing that grenade jump means we don't have to do the combat arena. We don't have to do the combat arena, and we don't have to fight hunters. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a really good reason to get that grenade jump down. Doesn't it? (laughs) It's got to be a, a like a couple minute time save at least. Couple minute time save on a stupidly long level. Yeah. Is that the level that Keys will kill himself too if you do things wrong? Yeah, that's the level that Keys will just randomly kill himself. Yeah, awesome. Wow. He'll just like I'm gonna throw a grenade. I'm gonna stand own. on it. La 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 la. Boom. <laughs> like, oh no, my ally shot me in the head. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but all right. Should we wrap up our talk about gaming and history? Do let's. All right, and all of our listeners now have a ton of things that they can go listen to and watch. So, because that's basically what we did. Half the episode was recommend things. Um, highly recommend basically all of them. Yeah, highly recommend basically everything we talked about, even John's food thing. But all right, cool. Uh, if you want to shoot us some feedback, send an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. Uh, check out thelocalmeta.com for a link to the Discord, where you can come say hi and hang out and play games and stuff like that. We would love people to ask us to play games of Magic or whatever. Um, and also there is a link on our page to our Patreon if you want to shoot us a buck or something like that. And um, uh, yeah, cool. John? Anything? History is dope and history, terrifying. History is terrifying and dope. I should. But yeah. That's so. it. On that note, we will catch you next time. See ya.